A new family has just moved into the castle on the outskirts of this small village. The residents are curious who their new neighbor is, but not more curious than they are about all of the deaths that have recently occurred. They all seem to have died of natural causes, but is something more sinister at play? Whether it's a pandemic in the making, or something far darker, it's up to the village doctor and monk to find out. Is Shiki the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime, or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. Maybe like a weird topic to bring up. How is it being covered by a podcast that just shits on other podcasts? Uh, so I actually didn't listen to that episode. I've, I've never listened to their show before, and I was told don't listen to this. And it's like, yeah, sure. Like I, I I've done a bad podcast before, so I'm fine with like negative reviews and stuff. But I heard they sh- were like shitting on some of our guests, which I think is so incredibly disrespectful. Wait, um, what happened? So there's this podcast, super huge. Like, I cannot overstate how popular this podcast is. It's called Who Are These Podcasts? And every episode, they just listen to a podcast and basically just shit on it. And they've done the from big to small, like, they have done like Mabim Bam and Doug Loves Movies and everything in the podcast space. They did an episode on Nymphomercial. Yeah. What did that do and for your numbers? That's what my question is, is did you notice even like a slight uptick from it? Yeah, we um did get some new listeners who gave us good reviews. Um, you know, whether it was just like in a tweet, they're like, oh, I really like the show. I found it because of this or an actual review on a platform like iTunes or Good Pods. So that was nice. And the thing is, is when people listen to a show like that, I think a majority of their audience see it as like a fun picking and not like actually trying to tear down a podcast. And I think the hosts are probably seeing it similar, like a humorous thing. Granted, I didn't listen to it, but I just got to assume. So I don't really see it in bad faith. Um, I actually found out why we were on there. Someone did a a suggestion and they told me, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I got you guys like on there. I'm like, it's fine. We got some listeners and there's real no harm in it. I, I just feel bad that they said some negative things about people that have guessed it on Nymphomercial because, mm. you know, we try to really pick our guests to be very cool people that we enjoy and, you know, from all sorts of different walks of life and are good content creators. And so for them to, like, go after them because they were on our show, I just think isn't rude. good practice. Yeah, it's rude. But otherwise, you know, I'm fine with it. Uh Having never heard. Yeah, you have a very good outlook on it. Uh, My feelings have been hurt. I I was about to say, I am such a self-conscious person. I would have listened to it the the second it came out. I would have taken every single thing to heart and been like a mess. So I'm like so impressed by your like (laughs) mental fortitude. I would have been terrified. I mean, I've been podcasting for like five years now i think uh starting with uh just an old one that's dead that you can't find anymore and it was bad and part of that was majority my fault so i'm used to criticism on the podcasting front and now i get a lot of compliments for the quality of like audio editing i do for an infomercial so you know i know what to take to heart 
and what not to. And if it's a negative criticism that seems well thought out about something I think I'm doing really well, I'll take it to heart. But I try to learn from it more so than just feel hurt from it. But, you know, sometimes I'll get bothered by stuff. Yeah, I get that. And I think that's, again, a very healthy outlook. Um, But other people might find it scary. Speaking of podcasts and things that are scary. Hello (laughs) and welcome back to Kawhi Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar, usually guide their non-weeb friends through a new anime every week. But this week... We are joined by a sinister presence, a visitor from podcasts beyond, to determine if this anime is a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This Ooh. week we are watching Shiki as we kick off Horror Month 3, The Invited Guests. This week's Invited Guests is one you may have heard of before, whether you know them from their work with Radio Flom or the Stab Comedy Theater, or their IRL URL podcast that will make you lol domain daddies or their world famous hentai review podcast nymphomercial today we have the one and only milk hi <laughs> you know what? i i just caught on to that uh irl url tagline that might be better than what domain daddies was using so <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to steal that. That's totally fine. You uh, totally have my uh, licensing rights uh, to, <laughs> to take no- that on a for notary yourself. on standby. But Milk, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we have been like Twitter podcast friends for a bit, and I was so excited to be able to get you on for this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, I do want to mention. Uh, you said you know usually you you get your your weebless friend Lauren to watch things. Um, this. This might come to a surprise, but I don't watch a lot of anime, so I feel like I'm just a, good a lot substitute. of hentai. Yeah, yeah, and I mean nowadays we read more and stuff. Like the only anime I really watch is One Piece, and I am caught up, so maybe. <laughs> See, that's why you don't have time to watch other anime. It's yeah. When you tweeted that you were finally caught up, I was like, oh, wow, I'm so impressed. <laughs> but even that, I think that gives you enough weeb, cre- weeb cred to still be considered a weeb. I think anyone that commits to the entirety of One Piece is a weeb. Yeah. And like... One Piece fans are so unproblematic, so like everyone would be like saluting you as you walk on by. <laughs> One Piece 100%. is one hundred percent. It's just so good. That's honestly the worst part about it for me was not <laughs> watched it all the way through, and I was like, I hate that I do have to keep watching this because it is good. Yeah. <laughs> but today we are not watching One Piece. Today we are going to have you watch the horror anime Shiki. And, you know, that's a unique name, Shiki. Uh, based on that name, what do you think this anime is going to be about? Okay, so when you presented me the, the list of anime names and, and, like, I didn't recognize any of them, I was like, oh, I think this is Psyche, the, the like, Netflix show with the pink hair do that everyone recommends to me and i still haven't seen it you're like i was unaware this is a horror anime yeah um and i was like oh it's kind of weird that all my friends recommend and say it's so good for me because my friends all know i am a huge wuss i get so scared from horror stuff like really easily really Um, yeah so when you all are like hey come on the halloween episode i was like okay neat (laughs) 
Um, so that, I mean, how long until you realized, was it once you saw the poster that you realized that it might be a a slightly different anime where you're like, there's the pink hair I've heard so much about? No. So I looked up the etymology of the, the name. And so it seems, I don't know much about kanji, but it seems like uh, shiki is the romanization of a certain kanji, katakana. I don't even know which one, but uh, it, it seems to translate to predominantly ceremony as well as like possibly death related. And like the spoiler of this being a horror episode Halloween, I was like, okay, this, this is probably like ceremoniously death related. I'm, I was like, I'm guessing this is like about someone who works at a funeral home and he's like hella hot like just so hot tall (laughs) eight abs you know 12 biceps just uh but like he can never find friends because he's like intimidatingly hot and he works at a funeral home so it's like weird but then he finally makes friends with like a ghost and then a zombie and then he has like a run-in with like a a mean but hot gay vampire uh and then he starts meeting like humans that are like not dead and then he like meets someone who might be the love of his life but I'm not going to spoil anything, so we'll leave it there. You're not going to spoil anything for your for these predictions. Is that whoa, not whoa. completely as correct? As far as we know, <laughs> as far as we know, that is 100% what we are about to watch here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, once you saw the poster, the poster is very simple. What did that take away, add to what you thought this was going to be? Okay, so the poster completely derails my uh, fan fiction, I guess. Uh, so we've got this girl pink hair dead in the eyes cute drip she's got it all i wish i was her um <laughs> don't we all <laughs> but but also yeah pink hair so not too far off of a uh, psyche um but as someone who comes from an animation background i looked at it and was like no way does the show look like this the, there's too many details in this this dress uh there's the painted background so you know i don't know what's there but as far as like symbolism goes on the poster you know we've got the the one girl dead eyes on a couch um everything is lit by a green flame on the candle so that's kind of you know showing the presence of like supernatural spooky without being overdone like you know there's no like skeleton or anything a green flame is enough we also have these rose petals that both lead to a rose on the ground which you can barely see i had to pull my magnifying glass out Uh, and then a rose (laughs) in her lap Um, and then there's also like some dust bunnies under this little fainting couch she's on so you know spooky vibes like oh is she lonely does she not clean her apartment what's going on on she's both <laughs> yeah you know Ooh, just I like me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh so the vibe i'm getting here is that it's gonna be very scary but i feel like there's going to be a level of sympathy we're supposed to feel for the like i don't want to say antagonist but the ghost being this pink-haired girl so like maybe horror um i tend to assume a lot of horror stuff can be like cheesy especially anime horror because that's been my experience but i don't know this this doesn't that this gives me a really 50 50 vibe like this could be hella cheesy or it could be actually scary so don't know where right. to go from the poster but uh, i do like that it wasn't just in your face spooky it was just had the elements to tell you that hey this is going to be scary yeah and i i completely agree i think it gives you a lot while also giving you so little it's it, like you know it's not like a, a like a shonen anime poster where you pretty much know every single character that's going to be in this you're like who's this creepy girl i don't know 
go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and speaking dog? of, why don't we go ahead and do that uh, by taking a quick break and watching episodes one and two of Shiki. And we'll do that and we'll be right back. So stay tuned, everyone. You'll hold my hands, right? I will. We'll make sure that we uh, hold our hands, but we don't all hold each other's hands. So we don't accidentally create like some weird summoning circle oh. and bring Shiki into the real world. Good point. Good point. All right, we're back, and we had Milk watch episodes one and two of Shiki. Tell me, what did you think? Oh, that that was good. That was so much better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I also I'm so glad really you guys enjoyed. Liked it. I, I yeah, I was gonna say I also really enjoyed it. Skylar has seen most all of the series. Okay. Yeah, I'm like two episodes away from the finale. But um, I yeah, I had a ton of fun watching it. I was doing like the uwu hands. So I was like, oh, please, Daddy Senpai, let me watch another episode. And you're all like, no, <laughs> only two episodes. We have to record. And I was like, but Gunner loves rules. it when we do three episodes on the show. And you're like, nope, two, two limit. So uh, I feel like we didn't get into the spookiness that is yet to come. But I like that slow burn. And yes, honestly, it's definitely a slow burn. This is a problem that you see like all throughout our months is because so often you don't get a whole lot these first two episodes because a lot of anime horror is slow burn even if it's like the really gory kind i love that though i I like eerie which you know some people are like eerie horror same thing definitely not i love eerie mm-hmm. horror freaks me out but i love eerie shows that are a slow burn that you don't even know if they're supernatural or not um shows like uh, the outsider the adaptation from the stephen king uh, novel i just recently watched that that was fantastic um there's also this like a uh, polish horror show about like shapeshifters that that was like a real slow burn that i watched recently and then one about this four spirit so i'm so super into that stuff and this does that so well yeah you definitely have a lot of seeds being planted but you don't know where any of them are going yet But before we get too deep, let's go through some quick housekeeping on what Shiki is. So Shiki is based on a series uh, on, well, it's based on a novel, not a light novel, an actual novel by Fuyumi Ono. It was published in 1998, September 1998, uh, in two volumes. Then it was re-released in January through February of 2002 in a five-volume re-release. Still the same story, just broken up a little bit more. In 2007, a manga adaptation was done by Ryu Fujisake for Jump Square that ran until June of 2011 for 11 volumes. And then the anime was directed by Tetsuro Amino uh, and done with Studio Daume for Fuji TV and ran from June to December of 2010 for 22 episodes plus two OVAs. Uh, but, you know, it's not the biggest series on Earth, so there's not a ton of additional context on top of that. So we'll just break down episodes one and two as quickly as we can. Uh, during a hot summer in a quiet town named Sotoba, bizarre deaths of the elderly in an isolated part of town surprises hospital dean Toshi Ozaki and his best friend Seishin Murui, a local priest who discovers the bodies. While the investigation is underway, a moving company arrives in the dead of night with the Kirishiki family, who will be occupying a long-abandoned castle in Sotoba. Megumi Shimizu, a high school girl who is 
his classmates with another village girl, Kaori Tanaka, constantly fails to befriend Natsuno Yuki, a boy who hates living at Sotoba and wishes only for city life. She often has a bad habit of stalking Natsuno around the, his house at night, though he is aware of her activities. One day, Megumi heads up the hill to the castle and meets the Kirishiki family, then disappears shortly afterwards. Upon learning of her disappearance, most of the townspeople head out to look for Megumi, only to discover her lying catatonic in the woods. Toshio examines Megumi, only finds her to be suffering from a case of anemia, but nothing serious. However, Megumi passes away a few days later to the shock of her family and friends. Toshio is shocked that Megumi died from anemia and requests her parents to do an autopsy, but they refuse. While heading to Megumi's funeral, Natsuno meets, meets Ritsuko Kunihoro, a nurse working at Toshio's hospital. After paying his respects, Kaori approaches Natsuno and attempts to give Megumi's greeting card present to him, but he declines, stating that he wasn't close to her anyways. Meanwhile, Toshio and his staff conclude that Megumi died from an uncommon type of anemia, but the doctors uh, do not know the cause of death. More deaths start to get the attention of Toshio, with the latest victim refusing to see the doctor. Toshio and Seishin meet up with the town councilman, Ishida, who reveals that 10 people died from mysterious cases between Sotoba and Mizuba, a neighboring village, in an unusually sh- short period of time. Toshio has reason to believe that an epidemic is spreading, so he, Seishin, and Ishida do their best to investigate without panicking the populace. Natsuno suddenly feels uncomfortable and closes up his window when he feels eyes staring at him from the outside. However, uh, it still brings no comfort as he feels them staring through him through from the outside. That's episodes one and two of Shiki. Ooh. Um, okay, I just have to say, like, same Megumi, anytime I go hiking, you would find me the same way. Like, dead? <laughs> uh, anemic. She wasn't dead. She was just practicing your modeling walk like <laughs> <laughs> i did love that she i mean okay so megami is like such a vibe uh she is like this uh, hot utterly queen. aggressive hot topic gothic lolita just mad that she has to live in the middle of nowhere she speaks exclusively in like midwestern emo lyrics <laughs> yeah i i do want to say this whole show does a really good job of having multi-dimensional characters even in only two episodes like no one is just like one take and so, like, you see her man and then, like, also just, like, dreaming. And, and like you said, she she does long for outside of this town, which is her biggest character, like, development. But, uh, you know, a lot of facets to her. Uh, and she acts like a kid, which is something you don't see in anime, I feel. Uh, whether that's, like, a cultural mistranslation or not. Uh, while watching this, I was like, okay, this is a 15-year-old, the way she, like, sees her crush and then dreams about going out of town and stuff. And model walks and yeah. <laughs> breaks her ankle. And that's why she actually was in the ditch, just because mm-hmm. of the ankle issue. <laughs> no, but I completely agree, right? She's written very realistically. I knew people like this being in, like, the, like, hardcore emo scenes in, like, middle and high school. And I think it stems from the fact that this is an adaptation of a novel, you know, like you're coming from source material that has characters, I'm sure, very well depicted and detailed. Yeah. And I, uh, I come from a small town smaller than this, that this town's population is 1300. I come from a 1000 population, uh, Northern California, little city. Wow. So I, I drop relate. the name. Drop. We'll get their get 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 their tourist uh, numbers up. Yeah, everyone, go check out Doris, California. <laughs> they have Doris. Doris. D O R R I S. Named after like an old woman. They have. <laughs> they have the tallest flagpole on this side of the Mississippi. And like <laughs> Highway 97 in California cuts through it, so you drive through it and like blink. It's a mile by mile little square, just like 
seven miles south of the Oregon border. So it's it's so small. How many people were in your graduating class? Twelve. <laughs> oh Dang, my god, you someone beat finally me. beat Skylar. <laughs> yeah, Skylar Skylar, what was yours? Thirty. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I think like the following class was like twenty four or something. So my graduating class was like a thousand. I couldn't imagine. And the thing is, is I went to the private school up until my senior year. Senior year, I graduated from the public school. So like at the private school, I was the only one in my class. It was is kind of like a multi grade like kind of teaching environment. So very different. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, that sounds I- intense. Yeah. <laughs> so some some things that I thought were very interesting in this anime, um, it's just a lot of the animation choices. I guess art choices mm-hmm. in general. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, so everyone's hair is really ugly. Disgusting. No, Kaori's hair literally looks like Demogorgons. This, it's very Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like softcore Yu-Gi-Oh. It is softcore Yu-Gi-Oh. Which and is the worst like, part of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> no, okay, I disagree with that. But it's just, I guess, like, it's just, like, weird to have softcore Yu-Gi-Oh in, like, hey, we're in small town Japan, yeah. and everyone here has Yu-Gi-Oh hair. But that's the only thing they have. Like, their outfits are ver- are relatively sensible. Like, I-, I feel like the outfit directions you see characters in go from, like, just, oh, of course people wear that, too. Okay, they're a little bit well-dressed and seeking like experimental fashion but not over the top so it's it's very interesting because like Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like, hey, what if I put belts around my teeth um, to match my that's hair? That's 100% the Yu-Gi-Oh aesthetic. <laughs> I love how many buckles are on every person in Yu-Gi-Oh's outfit. It's so Honestly, amazing. Honestly, it's it really did like nothing for me. Like it really fucked up my style in uh, middle school because I was like, you know what's popular? Belts, but <laughs> not in the area I was. No. No one in Laguna Hills wears fucking belts, especially five of them. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! is like, the, the fashion sense is if Dora the Explorer was like a Final Fantasy character, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just the Square Enix adaptation, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, though, I like how multiple characters in this show are cat boys by the sake of, like, their hair just has cat ears. One hundred percent. I w- that was one of the things I was going to bring up in terms of the hair. Is Blue everyone hair has guy. like these weird, like pointed ear things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of cats, or I guess like jumping off of cats, one thing I also thought about in terms of that animation thing was that the dogs both look super like Western animation style. Like they yeah, don't look like, like anime dogs. They look like, like cartoon. They look dogs. like they belong in like a Garfield comic or something. I heavily disagree. Uh, really? <laughs> I, I have seen this type of dog in a lot of animation. Uh, not typically like your sh- uh, like popular shoujin animation, but like think of Howl's Moving Castle and uh, Kill a Kill. Those those are two like more popular ones that have dogs depicted this way. I think Shin-Chan does a lot of dogs like this. I was about to say, as I soon mean, as you said Shin-chan. there are some, Shin-Chan was one of the Because in general, they look very like Crayon Shin-Chan art style. And I think the reason they do this 
this is because there's apparently a focus on wild dogs like wolves um, that set a little bit of the tone for the mystery of like why are these people dying what's going on here a lot of like wild wolves but none of the people seem to be dead because of those dogs and then you see the domestic dogs that are just like these little potatoes with limbs well honestly um, you do see some rottweilers like later on and they look very vicious realistic so yeah that is a good point I would have never thought of that that is a very smart observation yeah I, I think they're really trying to set the like difference of like out in the wild and what's going on here versus domestication and just like, like quiet these are living. nice dogs you could tell because they're cute mm-hmm. and then the only other like I guess art style like tick that I found not weird but interesting is everyone has what I call like ring light eyes Oh, where they have yeah. like the white that white circle in their eyes that like influencers have when they have a ring light. Uh, just like me, no. Uh, that <laughs> scene where the boy closes his blinds and then uh, when she like blinds is I don't know if that's a proper like translation. I agree completely. <laughs> um, it's like oh, I closed my shutters? jelly donuts. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're typical like paper screen shutters uh, of Japan, but. So when he closes those and it shows his eyes like all glowing and like saying the tone, I was like, they're like Esper from Pokemon, like the perfect purple circles with the like ring light. I did love the way they showed that, like the feeling of being watched. Yeah, they did that twice. And I feel like there's a good difference, but similar eeriness to them both. That's always been something that's very fascinating about like, like this thing that humans, a lot of creatures, but humans have, I guess, one of the most like tuned in ones this natural sense of when they're being watched because that feels like weird psychic stuff that shouldn't technically be a part of like human biology but the fact that we just have an acute like i am being watched sense is very fascinating to me Mm -hmm. yes i feel like we're being listened to oh my gosh (laughs) you know i can only hope so (laughs) in a perfect world yes please (laughs) have you guys ever been on like that side where you're just like fuck someone is just like boring into me right now i always pose as you should i need to adopt that it's kind of like it's kind of like that thing they tell you like if you feel like there's like uh ghosts in your room you should just go into the corner and start masturbating because the ghost doesn't want to see that (laughs) oh they do uh according to the anime i watch so (laughs) that's true you might have a different experience Mm mm-hmm Ghosts are freaky. Uh, as far as art stuff goes, um, I can't believe I didn't notice or, or like go to look during the first episode. But in the second episode, we see a flashback of Megumi uh, writing her like summer greeting card. And I noticed that the animation of when she moves, her plaid skirt is properly animated, like a real texture animation and not just sliding, which is insane like that's so much more work watching a lot of this anime there is such a appreciation for details Mm -hmm. and you know the people working on this this was something they really loved to do and it it's those little details that shows the animators loves and it's great i just love it and thank you for bringing that up yeah i mean the the whole show rings detail beyond just animation you can tell that the the storyboards were really well done from the way they uh, not only give a lot of depth or or thought provoking parts of like montages as well as establishing shots but also just setting tones very well from from angles that need to give kind of a creepy and unreal feeling without actually having any scary imagery to just like calm and and like 
thoughts of a character going through their head from an establishing shot that shows everything is still. Uh, you know, this is a hot take a lot of people disagree with me on, but I think Cowboy Bebop is not a good show, but has so many good elements. And one of those being setting tone to match with jazz, whether it's calm or chaotic, and it does that really well. And this does that in the sense for horror. So, you know, without just being over the top ever, it does so many different techniques to bring the horror aspect forward while the scenery is still kept to the slow burn of what is going on here. Let's try to think about logically. But you'll see something very calm and normal and the music has this like almost like crunching sound effect of like you would hear from like zombies tearing into someone or there'll be this music that is like calm and and then has a little bit of an uptick and then just like an eeriness to it and then goes away just to sneak it in to get you to start feeling those little chills. But you're not sure why, because nothing heavily points to it in one direction. It's all these little things that play off the psyche to make you feel uneasy because it's not what you expect in this calm situation or it's not what you experience in real life. And so it's just warping what's already there from the human expectation. That is uh, a, a, a beautiful analysis <laughs> of the sound design, animation design, and structural design of this anime. But I do kind of want to go back to when you said that Cowboy Bebop wasn't a good anime. Oh, do we? Do we have to? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. You're allowed to have your opinions on it. It's I just, personally like he, it a lot. Here's the one thing. Oh, I like Cowboy Bebop. I do enjoy it. It's just like... Is the story good? Do you know what the story is in Cowboy I was Bebop? Say actively, I would say that it isn't. Cowboy Bebop is like a like a 1920s serial where you like the story doesn't really matter. We're yeah. just here to vibe. Yeah, you watch episodes and you're like, oh, this is fantastic, and then you binge it all to like finally see the story as an adult because you have Netflix instead of just growing up on like Midnight Adult Swim, and then you're like, no, this. It's fucking good, <laughs> like, together. I will say, <laughs> watching the live action did make me appreciate what little story we did have, because I was like, wow, there was so little you had to adapt, and you did a bad job doing it. Yeah. Now, I like when ab- adaptations do take risks and change things for the sake of, like, why watch the exact same thing again, you know? Mm-hmm. But I didn't even bother with that adaptation. Yeah, I did rewatch the whole anime, and golly, do they do some things incredible. Like, I think, as far as, like, set tone I, I there's hardly any series that do it as good as cowboy bebop yeah you feel every every piece of music every scene it mm-hmm. is all a vibe and, and a good mm-hmm. comparison to this show is that cowboy bebop puts that thought of balance into everything yeah the story not that great but you also have to think about the time that this came out it, it really didn't even need that and it, it wouldn't have even worked with the well ongoing story necessarily so the fact that they're like okay we're ending the series with this like high uptick action to self-reflection to like oh their poor lives that makes sense it's you know a product of the time and this does so many of those things good also but then as we talked about the character design it's like why did they do that the character design does not fit with the tone of everything else. There's a lot of things I appreciate about it, like the different outfits, the hair that kind of like inflects to who these characters' personalities are, which is one of the biggest anime tropes I think is really good of like, you know who a character is by their hair. But 
This took it too far in a way that just doesn't match all the other well-thought-out details and balances mm-hmm. in everything else. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. We just want to say another huge thank you to Milk for coming on the podcast. Milk is an insanely smart and funny person who we have admired from afar for a very long time and are glad to have gotten on. Again, make sure to check out everything Milk does, from Radio Flom to Domain Daddies, and most of all, Nymphomercial. Links for Milk can be found in the show notes. If you're craving more Kawhi Disappointment, you can get it by checking out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. Later this week, you can listen to our fall Kawaii Desu Season Preview, where Lauren and Skylar make rapid-fire predictions about what each of the new anime in the fall season will be about. And more is on the way throughout the month! Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment, or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our Eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the amazing Skullbush and incomparable Alex J. They're not alone as we also have our wonderful Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums. And our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L and Albany G. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. A huge thank you to TJ McCollum for reviewing us on iTunes. Don't forget, if there's an anime you'd like us to cover, recommend us an anime by using our recommendation form. You can find it as a pinned tweet on our Twitter, or by going to our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash kawaiidesupod, and clicking on the recommend an episode button. We will see you all again next week as we continue through Horror Month 3, The Invited Guests, as we have Connor from the Anime Roulette Podcast on to watch Serial Experiments Lane. Now, back to the podcast. with good hair is Megumi. So... Because yeah. she makes sense, right? It makes sense for her to have weird hair in this place because she is the the different one. She's the one that's trying to stand out. Trying to be different. So of course she has like these like... P- like She has pink hair. It's, pink does it super interesting. Everyone else is just like, why do you have weird hair? <laughs> I will say a, a quick note uh, on kind of... We talked about kind of how much work and thought was put into this on the animation front. Um... I actually did some quick side research. I found out this is Studio Dame's. This was their last ever anime they worked on. Really? I don't know if they knew it going in, but oh. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they did know it going in. They were like, well, let's just put our whole uh, Dalmosi into this thing. Maybe. <laughs> I do want to say about the hair really quick is... Yes. All the... Like, Megami's hair makes sense to who she is. Uh, the YouTube channel Get In The Robot has a video you'll recognize with, like, uh, Gone and the, the ReZero girl maids. It's just called uh, Why Does Anime Hair Look Like That? And it's a really good analysis of Japanese tropes of character hair, and you'll know exactly who the character is because of the hair, including, like, color, style. And so hers fits that perfectly. And then some of the other ones are just a little bit more creative takes of that same idea. But everyone does fit the natural trope. I just wish they played it down a little bit. 
I agree. Well, see, and just like from an overall, you know, standpoint, Japanese schools don't let students do much with their hair, like at all. Like, um, I keep seeing all these uh, TikTokers who are just like, yeah, when I lived in Japan, it had to be this certain shade of Mm -hmm. black and you couldn't have it up. You had to have it in a low pony or it had to be like down, but it couldn't be past your shoulders. So I think, you know, anime character hairstyles are just a blatant rebellion against that because like so many schools you know with uniforms you take away uh, people's individuality yeah uh, you know it, it's one of those things of like uh trying to inspire the youth because you know it's like she's 15 i guess they want 15 year olds to watch this <laughs> and it's I like guess. oh i could be as cool <laughs> as her if my hair was like that <laughs> Oh, I could be as dead as her if my hair yeah. was like that. I mean, that's why my hair is pink is because I'm just dead inside. If if my work let me dye my hair pink, same. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. The amount of times I've had my hair pink, PJ's like completely bleached my hair for me so that we could make that transformation. Um, So like everyone looks, you know, like they belong in this world. But for some reason, I feel you guys might disagree. Uh, but I feel the monk um, station, he looks like he's drawn by a clamp like by clamp does that i completely sense? agree he has this really like he has a very like angular face Coke and those really eyes. wide eyes his everything about his design is slightly different than everyone else's is he Lelouch. revealed to be some type of antagonist actually don't spoil it but but that's usually what a lot of sharp angles in a design lead to mm. don't say anything yeah <laughs> he <laughs> is like low-key lelouchy i had a question uh, about how we f- how everyone felt about this how did you feel about yuki as a character did you feel like he was okay so we know skylar's uh do you (laughs) feel like he was being justified in the way that he was treating pretty much everyone but specifically megami or do you feel like it was like unnecessary uh again he's like 15 so like yeah i feel like it's unnecessary but realistic you know if this was an adult acting like this i'd say it's bad writing the fact that it's a child acting like this is good writing in my opinion yeah because at the end of the day, like, I was mostly joking about saying he sucks because he's going through a lot. He was a big city kid who has big city goals and he was stolen and, like, put into the school. And then you find out some, like, past stuff, etc. about, like, just, like, the duality of his whole personality. And, you know, he's just trying to not get close to anyone because he doesn't plan on staying there. So he's holding everyone at arm's length. Which is such a fucking, like, edgelord teenage boy. PJ did that several times. Uh, Mine's was different. I do want to be clear. Mine's wasn't edgelordy. It was, like, very, uh, like, depression-y. Because mine was just... So, like, my family moved a lot when I was growing up. Like, every three to four years, I was just in a new school in a new city with new people. And so, like, after you, like, you know, lose your third set of, like, quote-unquote best friends, you're like, well, do I want to go through that again? So I would just be like, I'm not going to make new friends this time eventually i would because people are like cool and you like want to talk to them and stuff but i i understand that side of it he's in this new city he doesn't want to stay i mean partially when the last place i moved to before i got kicked out at 18 i knew i was gonna get kicked out at 18 so i was like i 100 i'm not making new friends here i don't i'm not gonna be in the city for more than like a year which makes sense and then you came and lived with me <laughs> I, I want to say that his being a little shitlord uh, in the show does reflect how a lot of the characters go through different emotions, even just in these two episodes, which is just such a nice relief 
from like your your typical actiony anime you know um there's just like it it shows that when you're dealing with death your reaction to it can change very suddenly from like just not caring or not feeling anything very apathetic to being very remorseful being very self-reflective or just being very sad and the show does that for several different characters so we see you know her friend go through different emotions we see this little little asshole go through different emotions and there are different different emotions for each of them like it's it's several little gradients of the rainbow for all of them and it just feels very natural and it's not even just Mm -hmm. the death scene that sets that up even like the the gossip scenes and uh how like information goes through this town like everything shows a real human nature to all of the people and a real understanding of how it actually works like again like in those small towns like that is there's nothing to do but like gossip and work and like everything everything travels so fast everything is part of everybody's life and i agree like the way that every everyone's reactions are always realistic even like when the dad you know like it's kind of like apologizing to the doctor because he wants to hurt him because he mm-hmm. like ostensibly like misdiagnosed his daughter. You feel that like you're not like, oh, my God, we get it. Like you're emotional. <laughs> you're like, no, I get it. And, you know, it's a very intense situation. It's also very quick, which is nice for a viewer because it's intense. It it conveys all the information you need right there. The feeling hits hard, even though you haven't had a chance to like really connect to these characters because it's in the first two episodes and then it doesn't drag it out. You know, a lot of shows just in general will sometimes drag out uh, a death scenes remorse and they don't do that here. Even though there are so many scenes related to her death, none of them feel drag out or the whole experience of going to all these scenes seem dragged out because each one introduces new ideas new character feeling stuff like that so it it feels really nice and it also sets up all the the different stories because by the end of episode two there's a lot of different threads you can follow and i feel like it gives you a little bit to get curious for all of them but none of them outweigh the other you know right and Going off your point about not being dragged out, what I really appreciate about these uh, the two first episodes is they're not like lore dumps. Um, like we don't get any lore about like ooh these are our town is like supposedly haunted by these things and blah blah blah, and it's more so like we this is how we care for the dead like it's this huge beautiful ceremony going into the forest and the forest is such a character itself like the way it's lit the way it could be serene peaceful but also so scary so ominous just like sex in the city yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and so uh, and like just even with the way they do their um, headstones they're not stones they're from trees and they get different like post-death names um, and it's just really beautiful and I think that is like you know it just makes the town even more endearing the there's like a handful of moments you're right something that uh you brought up was that there's like a lot of threads uh by the end of episode two you don't exactly fully know what's happening right obviously you have kind of like the doctor and the priest and the councilman being like maybe there's like a 
a pandemic, essentially, that's starting to make its way through this town that we should monitor. But then you also have, like, the side things that you're not fully aware of yet. You obviously know that she went over to the castle. You also have that moment when she closes, when uh, Megami closes her eyes and that, like, um, specter death rave happens inside her mind. Yeah. She has her own, like, little MSI concert going on. Hell yes. 100%. That, I mean, uh, Milk, you might have not have seen this, but for Skylar, that scene specifically reminded me of, like, a charlatan scene from Case Study of Vanitas. Vanitas, yes. Yeah, that it's... flew over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our Case Study of Vanitas episode. <laughs> Or just go look up charlatan clips from YouTube. That's true. Case of the is uh is a fun, not boy love anime, unfortunately. Uh, even though it probably should be, but, but it's very it, it, it like basically is. But it like it's... basically is. But the the villain is like this very like again kind of formless being that kind of looks a lot like the figure that she sees in her you know specter death rave. Their eyes are very similar. Honestly, those scenes in Bonnie Tess are kind of scary. So. They can be. And you know, yeah, again, something to something that Milk said earlier, I don't find this this very scary, but it is very eerie. The atmosphere mm-hmm. very much gets you. Like, I'm not sitting here, like, biting my nails and scared, but I am sitting here, like, on the edge of my seat, waiting to figure out what's going to happen. I feel like this is right. an eerie that is setting up to horror, though. When she, I, I've seen this too many times where I'm like, oh, eerie, and then I'm like, oh, it's horror. Cool. Um, because for me, that is a really big distinction, you know? Uh, um, oh? Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong? But, okay, so I am a horror junkie. I love it. Um, I heard a lot about this anime, um, about being, like, so scary. And, like, you know, it's, like, the perfect representation of horror. And um, I had convinced myself that I think, like, Lauren could handle it. Like, I think it's, you know, you have, like, a couple, like, really spooky parts, but I don't think they ever last long enough to really be considered, like, horror. But again, that just, I really had to, around, like, episode four, I had to lower my expectations and be like, I don't think this is going to be, like, a huge, uh, like, you know, spooky thing. Because uh, that's just, like, what I'm used to, and that's what I thought it was. And so, like, for the first two episodes, I was like, uh, or the first, like, uh, four or five episodes, I was really disappointed because I was just like, when is it going to get scary? And then I just went back and rewatched it because I had the time. And I was just like, okay, so, like, watching it without the, like, waiting for it to get scary, it's so just beautifully paced and wonderful and i i love it i feel like i don't i think there'll be times we'll be like oh oh my gosh oh that's a little spooky but not like oh my god like i have to like turn this off oh my god like kind of horror i will say the way they depict dead bodies can really hit hard the yeah Yeah, uh, because they show them at all sorts of different stages they show people like on the verge of death freshly dead way decomposed (laughs) it's so interesting because anime um 
it just like features have a lot of like simplistic like noses and mouths but like when a character is dying the way they animate like the uh, dehydration in the lips and everything and just like the coloring under the eyes is just so detailed in such a like nice touch yeah they didn't have to add an extra layer of detail they were able to work with the level of detail they have going throughout the series to provide Mm -hmm. the like signs of death on their door yeah Mm -hmm. i was like eating taco bell and then i was just like Faceful maggots, great. Yeah. I want to say that, like, a lot of shows will go with one type of death depiction. You know, like, they'll just show way torn up bodies or just show, you know, kind of, like, dead stiff. This shows a lot of range for that, which I think really fits the, the idea of, like, you don't know what you're going to see as far as, like, how gruesome it's going to be, as well as kind of fit with the story that you don't know what's going on. Because un- unlike something like Death Note, where it's, like, everyone's dying of a heart attack and I want them to because then they'll figure out that I am Kira and I'm killing people intentionally to whereas this is like okay some people died of kidney failure some people died of like maybe the heat she died of ammonia or anemia not ammonia um so it's like okay there's no like one solid through line but that's also kind of realistic of a like unknown pandemic you know killing mm-hmm. people off just mm-hmm. from various and, causes well like and then just bodies react differently to shock like um you know because at at its core uh the starting point is anemia right but then like the body goes into shock and so some people are having those heart attacks and like the kidney failure and just you know completely shutting down like that yeah and i love that the the three people kind of in charge to see what's going on uh are all very level-headed like thinking you know in the terms of reality because that's what makes a slow burn series good is there's people that are just like no this is like some kind of illness or something there was no one in their group that was just like it's a ghost like we don't need that the viewers already know something supernatural we don't need the characters to be doing that yet so i i hope they handle the transition of figuring out that something's outer worldly like going on here because that's a huge hit or miss on slow burns but seeing how the doctor's handling this already already gives me hope that it's going to be good um and how they have revealed some of it like the woman coming out of her trance to turn her head and say that she doesn't want to see a doctor like that's like ooh, is that like shock or is that like possession like what's going on there mm-hmm. um yeah. and then yeah so I'm, I'm excited to see how that like plays out i love also that like you don't necessarily know who the main character is like because you no know, you'll have uh like a whole group of people right be like oh this this friend group is are all the main characters but there's always like one character that's like mostly the main character and i think they do like a really great job like jumping um from character to character giving them you know kind of equal amount of screen time for sure and they're you know and you could tell in the first two episodes there are a lot of time jumps so um it's great because you'll see perspective of like october 11th and you know like blah 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 and two episodes later you'll see october 11th but now is we're following this character on the same time at the same they do a lot with showing dates 
Yeah, which is so great. It is. And it's sometimes a little jarring because, like, sometimes it's just like, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, whatever this date, like October 11th, right? And then the next scene, it'll be like October 11th, 12th, 13th, 15th. And then it's like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? I really love the, like, October 11th, very unlucky day. October 8th, lucky day. Oh, the Japanese, like, cultural association with, like, the numbers of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little lost in translation, so so that's unfortunate. But I will say, I just, I love the fact that, like, we're watching this in the dark. And, you know, a uh, little transparency here. We're recording this in August, and the first two episodes are nothing but August dates. You're just <laughs> like, damn, they knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said nothing about this, like, really got you on the edge of your seat of, like, horror. But, like, there is that eeriness. Like, I got goosebumps around times like just because like oh like the dates matching up to like us right now and <laughs> yeah, so she's got pink hair actually yeah this anime didn't exist until we started watching oh, it. this anime is a tulpa oh it's house of leaves all over again <laughs> Oh, man. House of Leaves is probably one of the, like, most jarring experiences I've ever had while reading a book. So one day I was like, what was that trailer I saw for a movie? I was like, it's a movie about a house that's, like, bigger on the inside, which is cool sci-fi stuff. So I go to try to find it. And through my research, they're like, that's not a movie but there is a book called House of Leaves. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I get this book. I order, it, it comes in a lot of different editions because of the various like weirdness to the pages. And I'm not a big book person, but I was in, interested in this. So I get like one of the nicer guys with like even some color pages and I get it. And I skim through it and a lot of weird stuff, like pages that might only have like words in the shape of a triangle and stuff. And I'm skimming through and I was like, oh, okay. So I start reading it and the the story starts off with someone who thinks about a movie, but the movie doesn't exist. So they find a book at a dead guy's apartment. I'm like, what the fuck? Because that's exactly how I found this book. So I put it down and I've never touched it again. <laughs> oh like I'm still that would haunted. That me so much. Yeah. Like, you know what? I know exactly what you mean, and PJ could attest to this, because I, like, was talking to PJ about, like, a bunch of dreams that I was having, and then, like, I think, like, three days later, the back rooms became a thing, like, premiered, and I was, like, pointing to PJ, I was like, this, this is what I've been dreaming about. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, it's good instinct to be like, I don't, I don't need to be a part of this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, the character that picked up the Death Note first, and I'm just like, meh. (laughs) Just set it aside. This isn't for me. All of that said, again, there's so much to talk like even in just these two episodes again Chiki does a very good job presenting its story telling uh, creating its world telling these very realistic narratives and I think it's only complemented by the music of Shiki oh my so god so why don't yes. we talk about that music really quick so our OP for Shiki is Kuchizuke which is Kiss by Bucktick <laughs> Chino 
Oh, tell me what you thought about that OP. I thought it was good. Um, the OP has has good music, and it. I, I mean, the the imagery is really good. It it's like shows her as the dead girl, or maybe it's not her because it's smaller. I don't know. But a lot of characters I really like how the characters like overlap, and their overlap is connected by the eye, and then you've got this like blood moon over the eye, just a lot of eye focus, and then you see like them disintegrate, but only their skeletons left. So I like the intro, but it's a little too revealing. Like it's counterintuitive to the slow burn feel. The second time we saw the intro, I I noticed a few other little things like uh, there's that scene where the dove transforms into the crow and so well animated. But it also gives me the clue that there's this sense of death can corrupt someone. And so I I have a feeling that some parts of the story are going to show that the people have um, perished linger in some way, especially since we see a lot of uh, imagery of what looks like um, Megumi just like being another like kind of ghost as the one that like insinuated her little rave scene it just kind of is saying like oh death spooky eyeballs but i feel like it does set a little bit up with the crow i do agree that it is kind of counterintuitive and while still being like you know good at setting up what it's setting up i think that is always the crux i agree with like the visuals of an op is it can give you a lot which is sometimes good sometimes bad um from a from a song standpoint i really like the song a lot i think it's very uh it's got a very not i like it's not a scary song it's actually but it's surprisingly like a very good song and i say surprisingly because usually when we're dealing with you know not the most popular horror anime around i'm not expecting it to have like a really good op and i really like this op a lot yeah yeah it's really fun um it's one of those like sometimes i just get too hyped to watch something so i don't necessarily appreciate it in the first episode so the first time i heard it it was very like yeah, that's an, that's an OP. Like, it is. And then the second time, I'm just, like, fully vibing. I was just like, damn. I love, like, uh, when you see the blood raining down on the skulls, like, towards the end. Oh, and yeah. just, like, the different peaks of the song. Oh, my God. It's so good. I feel like also, you know, it's hard because you can't change the song for every episode. And there is this kind of, like, disconnect of, like, the energy you see in the first episode and the theme song. But then the energy you have in the second episode is very well matched by the theme song. And the show in both episodes established so many, like, well-matching background songs, despite the fact that they kind of do try to twist the expectation of what's going on in this scene, but they still match. And so... Yeah, going in the first episode and seeing that and then seeing the first episode felt kind of like, you know, uh, an indie YouTube gamer channel that's like gunshots, battle music. And then it's like some like dude just going, (laughs) hey, what's up? (laughs) You know, I'm like, okay. But then the second time around, it felt way more natural. And I assume through the rest of the episodes, it will it will keep that. Mm hmm. Um, all right, and then let's talk about our ED, which is Wak no Yakusoku, which is Promise of the Walk by Nangi. Shigae 
did you think of that outro? Boring. You wanted something a little bit more haunting? Mm, maybe. I don't know. It, it feels off. But again, you can't change it every episode. So in, in my notes here, I like feverishly scribbled down to try to catch all my thoughts. I, I just put kind of boring, but probably hits hard uh, towards the end of the season. Like, like I have a feeling that that outro will like make sense both visually and audibly as you get further down the line of the show. I just think yeah. like the first one took at least two episodes. I think the outro is going to take like at least four or something to kind of either match the tone or be different enough that it's a good like palate cleanse to go off of the show because whether this is like streaming and you see them back to back or this is you know you catch it once a week and then next week you'll catch the next episode you want kind of a palate cleanser sometimes for these more kind of intenser shows whether they're pulling on horror emotions of other sorts so i just don't think i have enough experience to appreciate it yet and i because also going at it from uh, you know that same perspective like I don't I agree right because like at this point at the end of episode one two we do not know who this character is so we don't have you any guys connect- have even met yeah we Sonica do not have yet. any connection to her we don't know if she has this I mean maybe this strong connection to flowers and like mm-hmm. she has this very tragic story in a flower field and after episode nine you're like oh my god it's her in the flower field my heart but right now I'm like yeah, what I don't know what this is. And the song's like, okay. I'm sorry, did you say we haven't met Sonico? Like Super Sonico? Is she in this? <laughs> uh this is uh this is my Sonico, uh, sorry. This is my Sonic Goku fanfic. <laughs> You're OC. Oh, okay. See I was thinking Sonico like big titties modeling girl. Um mm. okay. okay. With the camo jacket. Um, She'd fit here, I think. She's got see, the right I don't even hair. know who this is. What? Oh my gosh. So. Everyone tweet. <laughs> A Kawaii disappointment. It's just pictures of Sonico. I see. When you said Sonico, my <laughs> brain first went to Sonichu, Chris Chan's corrupt Sonic oh, and Pikachu abomination. Stop it. I feel like Chris Chan would fit in this anime too. So I, I hope not. With that hair, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Skylar, what did you think of it? As someone, what did you think of it at first? And what do you think about it now? To be honest, I didn't pay attention to it like until like episode five because I was just. Uh, like trying to get to the next episodes. And I was like, I can listen to this later. So by the time mm-hmm. I did actually see it, I did have the context. So like, I feel like it's a little unfair. But was it better with context? I guess is the question. Yes. Okay. Um, honestly, because of like how thoughtful all of um, your takes are, Milk, um, you really do like do analysis work. And that's super appreciated. I love that. I think you're going to really love her as a character. Oh, I, all this is a lie. I've just been reading Reddit comments. Yeah, I'm on our Shiki just like reading everything. Like, like uh, here's a post by Shiki underscore. I love this anime underscore hot topic for life. You know, they just said like Honestly. most of my stuff. You know, I, I think I saw uh, that same comment section. Yeah. <laughs> Lots uh, of all right. So, but good. Yeah, ultimately, I agree. The song is okay. Ideally, the context would help. But as of right now, it's there. Uh, but. But I think it's time now we move to our segment. What monitor contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? So, Milk, what song and artist do you think would have done a good job with Kujizuke? Man, I am so tied between three. Can, can I just list all three? <laughs> <laughs> is there one that just stands out slightly above the other two? Uh, the other 
too. The song um, Romantic Type by the Pigeon Detectives, I feel like is what a similar. Name. And I feel like they could do a really good cover of this. I really like this choice. Yeah, I think it's an amazing approximation. Yeah, I think it's hard to find the vocal match and the like. And obviously, the like the vibe is slightly slower, but maybe also slightly faster. But it's hard to match that same exact vibe. But ultimately, the vibe is very close, and the vocals are surprisingly close. Yeah, I feel like the vocals are close for an English speaker, uh, you know, cover of it. And then I didn't so much want to just match the like musical tempo exactly. And I feel like this is a little bit better it just in the sense that like the the percussion in this hits a lot harder um thematically the song doesn't fit at all like romantic type it doesn't have that connection to whereas my other two kind of did have more what were your other two what were your okay. honorable mentions my honorable mentions is uh the sweetest dream by teenage death trap and uh blood gets thin by pete and the pirates both a mm. lot more similar in in tone somewhat not quite one-to-one but like interpretively they can fit the theme these are all great songs and band names unrelated <laughs> to anything i know honestly <laughs> um skylar who'd you end up going with so i went okay so the song really gave me like chill kind of punk vibes and stuff and every time I heard the song, it just reminded me of The Clash. Oh. So I went with The Clash, uh, uh, London Calling. London Calling to the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. London Calling to the unknown. I hear where you're going vocally. Stylistically, yeah, totally super different, but it's hard to match it against stylistically. I hear where you're going vocally. I don't think it's perfectly there, but I think it's close. I, why do we both pick, like, British rock bands? I just, because it's, like, the voice. I think, yeah. I think they sing with that, like, voice. It kind of sounds like their nose is plugged, but, mm-hmm. like, there's still, like, a richness to it. Yeah, like, nasal richness, you know? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound flattering at all to where he's, it's, like, the Clash and the Pigeon Detectives are so good. But, yeah, they kind of match the, like, levels of uh, fluctuating tones that, like, uh, these these Japanese punk rock is kind of getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go with British rock bands. I uh, apparently have like this new niche when it comes to this segment. So I've been picking a lot of these, but I went with a Spanish rock song. I went with La Pachanga by Vilma Palma e Vampiros. Oh, this is like if Duran Duran learned Spanish and then covered I'm on a boat is like the vibe (laughs) I'm getting. That is my favorite description of anything ever. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, there's not usually winners, but this is like, I think like the best choice. I think you did a really good job. And I think it's a little unfair. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I mean, I think you nailed it. But the fact that we both like over here went to like British like punk means there's gotta be some through line, you know? I will say that's where I started my search too. Like I also started my search being like what's similar to The Clash, The Ramones? Like Yeah, I started with The Ramones. Yeah, like that was like the vibe at first. Um, But something about the way that Buck Tick sings 
reminded me so much of Spanish that that's why I ended up leaning to searching in that realm. But I will say for the, uh, I will say I had a lot of searching for the intro to try to find what the right vibe was. For the outro, I immediately knew where to go. So I'm curious where we landed on this. So I'm curious where you ended up going with it. Uh, So what, who did you pick for that ED milk? So I picked uh, Alicia Eagle and specifically thinking the song Neither Here Nor There. I really like this vibe-wise a lot. I think this vibe-wise, this is great. I do think Alicia has way smoother and richer of a voice mm-hmm. than Nangi, which is like not like an ultimate disqualifier. But like Nangi has a very like rough voice, and Alicia has a very beautiful voice, very beautiful and silky voice. Um, but vibe-wise, like astonishing. Yeah, I mainly yes, went for I vibes. Uh, just that like piano that you know the the outro song has a lot longer of a piano before upticks and then also i feel like the lyrics kind of like match the the vibe i didn't read what the lyrics were on the outro like i did the intro but the the lyrics i've uh, got the key like the key of the secret of life what's no good to her anymore i feel like really fits where i think this anime is going yeah i i like i like that you're also including that as part of like the decision making process right skylar who'd you go with the only voice i could think of was macy gray oh i so... also went with macy gray if that's <gasps> if that's the direction we're headed okay i also okay, went with on. macy PJ, gray on the count of three let's say the song and see if we both went the same song all right one okay. one two, two three, three still. still oh my god this is why we're married <laughs> still All right, so that's two. So Skylar and I both went with the same song and artist. I think it's the voice, right, and the piano. Yeah, yeah. The voice and the piano. I ultimately, that's what I went. That's why I went with it. I think same. Nangi has a very rough voice, and Macy Gray fits that. And this is the most like ballad piano Macy Gray song. I mean, exactly. I hear the voice, and I guess a piano and a piano are the same instrument. I like. agree with that, right? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that the rest of it is perfect, but the vo- I, I I can't speak for Skylar, but for me, it was like, this is Macy Gray, and is there a Macy Gray song that remotely fits into this niche? No, but still is the closest one. Well, because she, okay, so, because, like, the first time I, like, was paying attention, heard it, I was, like, uh, singing the I Try song that she sings, the specifically the I Stumble part, and then that's what set me on on the journey to go just look for like softer songs but she has a lot more her style is soul so like you're not gonna have that kind of fun lullaby like uh a piano and a piano are the same instrument is probably my favorite roast of all time it's just (laughs) i didn't hear the like vibe the same yeah i think vibe wise it's not a great match but i think if we were to for combined forces have macy gray uh vocals on your vibe and instrumental we'd have like a phenomenal match here oh yeah 
You know, let, let's Collab. get Gray and uh, Alicia Eagle to, to meet up. Uh, Alicia's Gray retired. Eagle. Maybe she'll come back just to do a cover of this horror credits song. There you go. Just for us. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, great choices all around here on our music segment. That's where we are going to end our music segment. And this is where we are going to take a quick break to see some additional clips, some additional context. But before we do, I do have a question for you, Milk. Based on what you've seen, what do you think the thing of the show is? Do you th- like, you know, we've talked about a supernatural element or the something more sinister. What do you at the present think it is? Uh, it, it's got to be some type of like supernatural presence. But the question is like, is the presence with the house or is the presence something that possesses people that move into the house or is it the people who moved there? Because the, the moving crew seemed a little too normal, but the woman that you don't see definitely has villain hair and you know she's blonde (laughs) yeah but i mean anyone can have the wrong eyes in this show like there's a transition of eyes (laughs) like i i feel like eyes depict a moment of darkness rather than a character of darkness um so i i feel like this is going to be one of those things that isn't very westerny when it comes to the antagonist and so much more like a, a yokai that is a little bit more obscure uh, that blends some dif- different like horror tropes. So it's probably going to be something of like house possessive spirit that longs for love but didn't get it in life. Something like that. Okay, I'm very, I'm very, and I like that idea a lot. Uh, or let's see how much more of a hint we might be able to sprinkle in there for you as we watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get your closing thoughts on Shiki. So we're going to do that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We had Milk watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional scary moments, or apparently not very scary moments, according to Skylar. <laughs> some additional uh, suspenseful moments, eerie moments, and everything in be- everything in between. So after all of that, uh, seeing all that additional context, seeing some of the uh, some of where the story goes, some of the the elements and changes that happen to the narrative and the world. Tell me, Milk, do you still plan on continuing? Continuing to watch Shiki. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely scarier than Skylar's leading on. Um, <laughs> like, sorry. it's got some scary stuff. It's scary how good their drip is. Like, I saw the girl wearing a Supreme jacket. Drippy. Like, so good. I was going to say the fact that she's constantly changing her outfits, though. It literally is. Um, what's her face from uh, My Immortal? Where, like, each beginning of the story is just like a monologue uh, of her outfit. Did you just say what's her face? Yeah. Her name is <laughs> Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. Thank you very much. I know. I have it on book because of you. <laughs> Continue, Milk. Uh, it was very good. Uh, it seems like, spoiler, they're vampires or something similar. But I think everything's going to play out really well. And so I feel like there's going to be this very good sense of the heroes that are choosing to help versus um, the like protagonist, which destiny is thrusted upon. So you kind of get both types of stories in there from these these different people, which I think is cool. And then um, I, I don't like the fangs, how they're like behind their set of teeth. Like it's interesting, but also just kind <laughs> of like why? Yeah, no, ultimately I agree with 
all of the points you made as someone who also had only watched episode one and two up until this point. I also definitely feel like I would continue watching this. And yeah, the context only made me more excited. The fangs, weird choice for sure. But ultimately, <laughs> that means that we ended up a- with a kawaii success yes. in the book to kick off our horror month. Tell me, Milk, uh, in addition to it being good in and of itself, would you personally recommend Shiki to someone just starting with anime and this was someone you knew was in a horror and the and they were like hey I'm gonna watch Shiki as my first ever anime would you recommend it or would you try to stray them in a different direction I mean for like most people like f word no <laughs> but for someone who's into horror like really into horror I think I would this is one of those animes that I think you, you know as a like fan of to try to get other people to watch it's only responsible to give like some trigger warnings of some of the like graphic content you might see uh, just because of like the maggots and dead bodies are so well depicted in in some ways uh but I think for horror fans, this is a really good anime. From what I've seen so far, both the two episodes and these clips, I think it would give a really good impression on what the medium can tell as a story and how it can tell a story very differently from what we expect in a lot of not only Western animation, but like Western storytelling. First, I was going to say no, because I thought like, oh, if it's like a horror fan, it might be too much of slow burn. It might be too boring. But apparently it is really scary. So I am changing my I- answer. And I also feel like a lot of horror fans do like slow burn. I feel like if you are a horror fan that doesn't like slow burn, you're going to be unhappy with a majority of horror um, that doesn't come out of like America and even a lot of American horror. So you kind of have to like embrace slow burn. I would also give it a recommend. So ultimately, this has our kawaii disappointment. Uh, Recommend tag our kawaii success in the book. And only one question left to ask. Is there an AV for that? All right, Milk, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for Shiki. Uh, I don't really have an artist, but a song that's been covered by a ton of people. But uh, Spooky Scary Skeleton. You know, I have a big dart I'm throwing to really try to nail it down. I am not seeing it unless it's like named after like something else. Oh, nope, I lied. I'm a lying liar. I just clicked on one that says MEP part two and it's the song. It exists. Wait, it does it. exist? I'm sh- I, not in a bad way. Shocked. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because, uh, yeah, it it's there. <laughs> Anything horror is going to have spooky, scary skeleton. Granted, <laughs> it is only 16 seconds long. That's, That's all we'll count that. We'll <laughs> count that in the age of TikTok and YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts has done a whole number on the AMV community. Regardless, that's three points in the book. I'm so glad I didn't go with sexy vampire because I don't feel like that's going to be there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but regardless of all of that, that is three points in the book. Yeah, absolutely love to see it. But let's see if we can uh, up that just a little bit. Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point, Milk. Do you think that there will be an MV for Shiki to Evanescence? 
bring me to life. I do. I do. But I think they're going to flip the script where it's like the fact that they're dying is what's bringing them to life, you know? Because yeah. again, now the small town, like, I mundaneness. mean, they are being brought back to undead life. Odd life. Yeah. Odd life. Uh, you are 100% correct. Of course, there are multiple AMVs. Shabbatessons bring me to life. Tashiki. So that is four points in the book, Milk. <laughs> I win. <laughs> You do. That is the <laughs> most points you can get. So we have a kawaii success, a definite recommend, four points in the book, and another successful journey through a particularly creepy anime. So, Milk, thank you so much for joining us on this journey today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug here at the end? Oh, just uh, go listen to, to Nymphomartial. Out of all the random things I do, I think it's going to have the most uh, crossover audience. Uh, so that's a <laughs> Nymphomartial wherever you get podcasts and on all social media. And check out our, our Twitch. We're uh, really kicking that up. And uh, just be good to every raven you meet. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is seriously. phenomenal advice. But I'm glad you had a good time. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a good time. I hope they had a fun time. I hope they had a set of the ugliest hairstyles I've ever seen in anime before time. A Skylar is apparently desensitized to horror time. A dancing with every raven at a rave time. (laughs) But (laughs) until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Milk. And make sure to check out Milk on all the stuff they do. Totally follow them on Twitter. They're super funny there. Uh, And they have interesting doodles and great art. But regardless of all of that, thank you, Milk, for being on. And until next time, have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.